This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 11, Episode 13, titled Reunion. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one bored co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I'm so into voguing right now. <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, I mean, I'm dreading talking about this episode. I mean, like... I was waiting for something, anything to happen for this episode. I was panicked watching this episode going, what are we going to talk about? I know, I know. That said, we have so much to talk about. Do we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll do it right after. Oh, no, we don't have to get a break right here. Uh, no. Let's just get right. We take a break. One second in, we just take a break. Are we Are we Howard Stern, where we like introduce <laughs> ourselves and suddenly start doing commercials? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's just start the show. This week, the girls get back together to discuss the highs and lows of the season. RuPaul moderates as Brooke and Vanjie spill the tea on their relationship. Raja tries to apologize. Uh, Akuria deflects any blame from herself. Ariel's wigs come up again. Something about Kahana and Mercedes, I don't know. Other things, I don't know. Who knows? Taylor the Latte Boy, name one thing you liked about this episode. That it was over? <laughs> <laughs> when when they finally went to where it said the, you know, the world of wonder thing spiraled, I I said under my breath, worst reunion ever. It was. Yeah. I, I, the the I I can sum up, I can save us all a lot of time, considering I'm all about time management. Right mm -hmm. now, I can explain the entire episode. Okay. Rue would introduce a clip. They would show the clip. She'd ask the queen about it. The queen would then apologize. Mm -hmm. They'd move on to the next clip. Yeah. That was, that was the well, entire... Well, in the case of Akira, she'd not apologize. No. And... I will say the one thing that okay, I am going to assume again, I know no spoilers. Mm -hmm. I am going to assume Akiria does not get the crown because they seemed extra shady towards Akiria. There were multiple times, one of which you brought up in first response where she's like, no, I Raja asked me what was going on. And I I had to explain to her and they immediately went to the clip. <laughs> yeah. So that was not the case. And then I feel like at the end, some, somebody said something. We haven't gotten the episode yet from iTunes because I, I made a, a note to myself I was going to watch it again mm -hmm. where some, there was something that was said to her or there was something that she said that I thought that's not a way they want to present whoever the, the next drag superstar is. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to assume at this point she doesn't make it to the top two or at the very least doesn't get the crown. Everyone should know I'm just stone-faced staring at No, you. I know you're stone-faced. And I'm purposely, I'm actually looking at me in the screen instead of you because I, I don't want to, I don't want to know one way or the other. But I, it was, it was not strong. I, and I did not know who half of them were. I forgot <laughs> who half of them were uh -huh. when they were, I kept going, who that? Who that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
I, it was, it was just, it felt this speaks to what I have been saying all season is that these, these girls now know what to expect in the real world post show. Mm -hmm. And they are trying to navigate that. They're trying to, as you have said on numerous episodes, produce themselves. Yeah. And I think that everybody on the reunion played it extra safe. Nobody, nobody, everybody saw what happened to the Vixen last year. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody, much like what you have told me about, like, you know, how you went from Sasha to Asia and then from Asia to these lip syncs, while you Mm -hmm. haven't given me any details, you said there isn't an Asia butterfly moment because everybody kind of, you know, did their own thing. Mm -hmm. I feel like we are watching the Valentina to the Vixen, to this, the transition as far as the reunion goes. And they are scared that they're going to say anything or be present themselves in any way that looks bad. Because at this point, this is really their first opportunity to come back where they can't produce themselves after being away from the set for a year, Mm -hmm. where they know that things that are going to be said or actions that they're going to be do, they can be manipulated in any way, shape, or form by somebody they no longer have control over. So I felt like watching them all do like just the safe mealy mouth of where they, you know, there was little bickering Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. one possible exception. We only really saw one person's claws come out at one point and that was Akira. Mm -hmm. And even then she immediately retracted once Mm -hmm. she, there's a, there's a moment and I know that I'm jumping ahead, but whatever. There's a moment when they start coming for Akira where Akira goes from being a beautiful queen to a messy man for about mm-hmm. half a second, mm-hmm. where she makes a face that I'm like, "Ooh, that's a ma- Maury, that's a man," mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she immediately pulled back because I think she realized if I go full fangs out, this is all anybody's going to talk about. It just seemed like you know, were you? How did you feel when when RuPaul stopped the whole Akira plastique drama? For those, for, for let's just let's just you know what? Let's actually attack this chronologically so the show starts and the whole first act and i'm really mad i can't find my notes from the episode for some reason but the whole first act starts with vangie and uh it's just vangie yeah it's just vangie and let me say for the record Mm -hmm. vangie's glow up Mm -hmm. i loved it i thought vangie looked vangie was serving 1988 lisa lisa realness and Mm -hmm. i loved every second of it all right. So okay. I was glad for that. But she was also her presentation of everything was very it, it was 15 minutes of Vanjie doing the when she walked off the runway last episode. Yeah. It was a lot of bop 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 and by the end of it I was kind of a little annoyed with her. But yeah, it's all I stuff we've dealt with before. We've seen enough Vanjie throughout the season. It's just yeah. like a very a very Vanjie heavy episode, especially the whole first act. Was Vanjie? What did you think about the? Now you know what's so funny is we, we, you know, you and I were both using Directv now, and when it came back, it, it skipped the whole part where she answered the question about her and Brooke. And, See, and that didn't skip for me. Yeah, it didn't skip for me. That you and I were complaining about it, but Wiggate skipped for me, so I have no oh, idea what okay. happened to Wiggate. Oh, uh, Wig, right. Wiggate, I saw the whole thing. So, uh, so what did Brooke? Because I feel Vanjie gave a reason why Brooke broke up with her. I think I read it online that Brooke wanted to kiss other boys. Yeah, and it's something where – well, Brooke had mentioned, I believe, on the show that she's never really had a, a boyfriend before. Mm-hmm. She's never dated anybody. And I think that once she got to a place of where she was realizing her and Vanjie were getting serious, mm-hmm. she was making it sound like, well, this is it. This is the rest of my life. This mm-hmm. could potentially be the rest of my life. And I think she wanted to 
sower oats. Yeah, so especially after the thing. Was, but then would you think that, wouldn't you think, what, and they didn't really address this, I, I can get the sense, that it did seem then Brooke then used Vanjie for the very reason the girls thought she was using Brooke Vanjie for. Because the girls that talk- may That may very well be the case. I, I don't know. You could tell kind of watching Vanjie mm-hmm. through that interaction that Vanjie seems very see, still seems very smitten mm-hmm. for lack of a better word mm-hmm. with Brooke and Brooke I think going to that place of perfection where she always has to be perfection did not necessarily allow herself to express emotions and at one point she Rue said something along the lines of you know well you you look you somebody said to Vanjie you look like you're somebody who wears your heart on her sleeve Mm-hmm. To which Brooke immediately said, and I love that about you. And Vanjie under her breath said, please don't say that. Oh, and it was really? this half second <laughs> moment that I was like, oh, somebody still got feelings. See, I didn't see that part. I gotta yeah. That again. We'll it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a very real, it felt like a very real moment in a lot of fabrication and a lot of that. Where And, and she said it quick and under her breath. Please don't say that. And but, but I think it, support, it made me sad for Vanjie. It supports what I was saying earlier that because then Brooke says, well, you know, there are a lot of people who were just like saying outright lies that were among. Do you realize that we have this on video? But we're like, Brooke's like, we try to keep it under wraps in, in the workroom, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you were always the one going for little butterfly kisses with Vanjie. Not, not, the, not that I saw, not that they showed. It seemed like Brooke mm-hmm. was always the one wanting to stake her claim in the workroom that she and Vanjie were a thing. Even yeah. though they said that they only could do it in the workroom. So, I don't know. It seems very, very calculated and very, very... I mean, obviously, because of Vanjie's popularity, Brooke would know that that doing this with Vanjie would get her a lot of airtime. Yeah, I mean, I think Akira, mm-hmm. you mentioned clout. That she gets the clout that comes yeah. along with that. And yeah. I... You know, this, we can talk about this towards the end of when we're talking about the reunion, but I feel like there's been a shift in who people want to win. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was very Brooke for a long time, and now I'm seeing it shift to Evie. And I feel like the last night's episode didn't necessarily help that, because I feel like Brooke was very... Brooke was focused on perfe- perfection. She looked gr- she looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. She kind of looked plastic. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Evie has kind of really kind of the transition for Evie. She's shown her emotion to where she's she's more relatable and more kooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just from what I've seen in social media and what I've seen on Twitter and what I've seen, I feel like people are starting to put love towards uh, Evie. Yeah. Well, because she's sort of the kooky, smelly underdog. Now, let me ask you this question, moving on. What did you think about the whole Raja O'Hara sort of confrontation? That was the next place they went after Vanjie. Um, I think it was necessary. Mm -hmm. I think that I, I think that Raja, as soon as she said, I'm sorry, you feel that way. I'm glad that the other queens called her on that and Mm -hmm. said, that's not an apology. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's not recognizing you know that you said something that hurt particularly evie's feelings mm-hmm. i did like scarlet's whatever you're doing with her focus that this way because you've got some things to say to me too i did mm-hmm. appreciate scarlet saying that um 
you know, and I feel like she, she kind of understands what we're talking about as far as that, where maybe she allowed herself to get a little too inner to uh to in her head as far as the confessionals go and didn't realize that they were going to come back to bite her in the ass like they did mm-hmm. you know this is a this is a situation in which i necessarily feel as though she's redeemed herself mm-hmm. you know she did definitely show some vulnerability and mm-hmm. i think she recognizes what she's done but the half-ass apology that she gave didn't necessarily do her favors if she had come on and said i've given a lot of thought you know watching that was very difficult for me to do and recognizing some of the hurtful things that I said, you know, are not cool. And I want to apologize for making such offensive statements. Well, but I think we did what she did allow us to see that she is evolving, even if it's, she's struggling with it. Even the part where she said, like, it's hard for me when they called her on the apology because she wanted to go to that defensive place and to, tr- to make herself vulnerable. But at least she acknowledged the moment. I agree. I agree. And... I think that in her moment, what we ended up doing was we got to see an opportunity for plastique to shine. Yeah. You know, I remember saying early on in the season that for somebody to be as young as she is, she shows a lot of maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think that she, the fact when she said at one point, when you were having that moment on Untalked, I recognized that wasn't about me. Mm -hmm. Most 21 year olds would have popped off on her and would have turned, it would have got messy. And that that moment again i really i do really appreciate a lot about plastique that moment was wonderful to see that that she showed enough maturity and showed enough reservation to go i'm not, i'm not going to get in a screaming match with her right now because it's 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 a futile endeavor yeah now uh then we moved on to the acuria plastique drama basically the accusation was leveled that acuria was basically the shit stirrer of uh season 11 uh first of all do you agree with that taylor yes and they had the receipts to prove it but a courier despite well she probably didn't know but despite receipts being shown all over the place continued to deny that she, it was her fault or that she had any part in this at all uh what was your take on that whole exchange finally by the way rupaul just it was bickering back and forth between plastique and akiria and rupaul just shut it down and moved on but what well akiria was saying the same thing over and over and over again because yeah. she realized she didn't have a leg to stand on mm-hmm. and i think that is one of those where as we have talked about with this show this this is the you know this is the Valentina, but this doesn't go along with my fantasy. Mm-hmm. I think that if they, you know, much like we saw with Silky this season, much like mm-hmm. we've seen with other queens, if I just keep saying it, it will make it real. This is the world we live in now. Yeah. Where if somebody gets in front of a camera and they just keep saying the same thing over and over again, eventually people will believe it. Mm-hmm. And I think that Akiria thought if I just keep saying Raja asked me what they were talking about then everybody will believe it. I don't think she was expecting them to immediately go to, because up to that point, anytime they showed clips, you could see they were all watching the clips. Yeah, there were these packages this, made, yeah. Yeah, it was packaged already. This was something in which they didn't do that, where it just cut away and there was no little box showing the queen's reactions. Mm-hmm. It just kind of went to where they were like, the producers were going, fuck you, that's not what happened. Look, we can mm-hmm. show you what happened right here. Mm-hmm. Then next after that we had I believe there was something with Kahana and Mercedes. I don't know if that was I don't know I don't have my notes in front of me. I don't know what the fuck I did with them. Uh, but I don't I think I'm hitting the big points here. There was something with Kahana and Mercedes. Did you understand what that was about? Well, one I forgot forgot Kahana was there. Yeah. Like where all of a sudden I'm like, who's that? And I then think I was Kahana like, oh, God, forgot she was there. She was like, what am I doing here? Oh. 
uh-huh. and then they showed, they showed Honey Davenport. I kept looking at the one, the Honey Davenport, going, "I have no idea who that queen is." Mm-hmm. The first time they showed Sugar, I didn't. I forgot Mich- Sugar Cane was part of this. Well, now we're getting to old age. Well, that my old age or her yeah, old age? Your both. Well, uh, the 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 Kahana. I read a. I read a thing on the AV club this morning mm-hmm. about the fact that, you know, one of the highlight emotional moments I think was Mercedes talking about her sisters mm-hmm. and how much her sisters supported her, even mm-hmm. though it sounds like there's other members of her family that don't support her in her drag endeavors. So where she's having this moment of happiness and then Kahana immediately goes for the jugular at her. Like, cause Kahana's like, this is the only drama that I've been a part of. Yeah. Cause I was out two episodes in. So this is all I got. This is my moment to shine. It was what we would call a misstep mm-hmm. because I think it just made Kahana look mm-hmm. not cute at all, let alone her outfit. But, but I you understand it, what she was talking about. It had something to do with, I think what I've gathered is Mercedes is on the East coast and Posted. No, Mercedes is in the Detroit. Well, whatever. She's in a different time zone and posted uh, basically on the about the lip sync that she had won on social media. Kahana reached out and said, listen, I'm out here in Vegas. This is bad because I want people that, you know, my viewing party to think I have a chance or something like that. This is what I'm gathering. And Mercedes is like, oh, sorry. And apologized, took it down. But then once the, all the feed had aired, she reposted the video. And uh-huh. then Kahana was still pissed that she posted the video. Which it was like, well, what did... Like, well, I thought we were friends because you know I lost. And it seemed like you were happy that we lost. It was super, super weird. I have no idea what she was talking about. It well, sort of it, seemed it like, was, yeah. It was 14-year-old girl, much like with Wiggate and all the other stuff. It was very 14-year-old girl. I, I, I want to say something. And even though I don't really have anything important to say, I'm just going to talk. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, in terms of Wiggate, you really didn't miss much. It's just more of Ariel. There were receipts, though, of Ariel saying the same thing that she didn't left them there. She didn't really leave them plastique. But then RuPaul brings up a tweet where she's like, but oh, right here, and I, we talked about it on the show, either on the rumor mill or here, where Ariel had said, I left these. Wigs for plastique. And so then Ariel's like, well, humana, 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 humana. I did, people were attacking. And then it got really confusing. It made no sense. Uh, basically, it was Ariel was just caught in her web of lies. Right. And but then you have it. a situation like Raja, who just got done saying, I'm learning to grow. I'm learning to be a better person. Then throws one of the wigs on the floor instead of Ariel. It just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And it was just, that was like about the part that I came back at where everybody's screaming and yelling. And yeah. And throwing that. There was um, also, I think you missed, uh, one of the acts was talking about Nina and Scarlett. Yeah. So, and it was cool to see, it was always cool to see Nina get some love. Um, I have, I have uh, asked friend of my show, Brian Gregory, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is going to drag con this weekend. And he said, do you want any swag? And I said, yes, I want a Nina West t-shirt. Ugh. So. Not I'm to the Nina get- West, not talking about the going to drag con. <laughs> so I didn't think about it until she posted a bunch of her shirts online. And the reason like, Taylor said one? my friend is because Brian Gregory hates me. That's okay. why I said friend of my show. Yeah, but Brian Gregory can suck a dick. Uh, okay, <laughs> he can, can't he? I I don't know. I'm assuming. Anyway, uh, the okay. 
finally, let's just touch on the Scarlet stuff. Did you have anything thoughts on everything that's going on with Scarlet and Brooke? And Brooke said that you know that they she didn't like Scarlet. And the first response I was talking about, how I think there was a little shake from the editors because Brooke has explained on social media that she likes Scarlet now, and then she's well, gotten to know her. And also, you showed that they showed Raja apologizing to Brooke and Plastique, but not Scarlet. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're kind of waiting for her to do that and they never showed that it mm-hmm. just was a lot it just it was just like kind of a weird boring bland safe episode even like at the end where they said say something nice about each of the four instead of what they usually do where they say who do you think who do you think's going to get the crown or who do you think deserves the crown mm-hmm. they didn't even do that because i think they're afraid of blowback they're afraid of the queens who don't vote for one of the four Mm-hmm. to get you know to get blowback from stuff it just i i it concerns me for future seasons if this is the way the contestants are going to be you all know? right taylor well let me ask you this question do you have any final thoughts on this reunion episode because i have i have I have a theory a weird theory i want to share with you i think that some of the queens have never looked better and i thought some of the queens have never looked worse <laughs> mm-hmm. so in particular i loved plastique's makeup mm-hmm. and hair and and even her outfit to a degree mm-hmm. um nina's outfit was kind of okay i like the sock monkey thing which you couldn't really see that's something else i don't understand the staging like some of the queens you couldn't even see them because the other people were sitting in front of them there's i find it hard to believe they couldn't have shifted chairs in some way to make it to where everybody's looks were presentable mm-hmm. um you did, like sugar you didn't really see sugar cane honey davenport i have no idea what she wore you can only see her from the neck up mm-hmm. but then i loved brooke's look i liked silky's look i liked the drum majorette look mm-hmm. um i i am trying to think of trying to go through really fast who i liked ariel looked a hot busted mess um I don't know. It just it was it just wasn't I, I've enjoyed other reunions far much more. I enjoyed season nine's reunion a lot. Seasons nine, they were happy to get into it. They were happy to argue. Um this se- season ten, a lot of it was Vixen related, which I did not like because I was never a fan of the Vixen. But a lot of the other stuff, I feel like we got a lot out of the psychology of particularly Asia O'Hara. That was a that was a good reunion. <clears throat> this one, it was it was Melba Toast. It was mm-hmm. just it was just not a good not a good episode. Well here's what I feel, Taylor. I feel in some to some degree the show has lost its way. <clears throat> right? It's uh-huh. like Someone snapped their fingers, okay, and all the good producers vanished, much like Thanos, right, Mm -hmm. from the Avengers. We need to change that. I think there's only one way to change that, Taylor. I agree with you. I think we need to go back in time to a moment when the show was great. Do you want to do I that would, with me? I, th- I think that's an amazing thing to do. All right. Well, we're going to do that. This is a big surprise. The audience doesn't know we're doing this, Taylor. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that right after this. Hey, everyone. Before you actually go to the surprise, I'm just going to tell you what the surprise is. We're going to spoil the surprise. We're spoiling the surprise because there were some people who were concerned and stuff whatnot. 
Uh, Taylor and I decided because there wasn't a lot to say about the reunion, we wanted to give you the show that you're used to experiencing the full show. So we figured let's go back in time and review, recap a show, an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race that we've never done before. Um, it's a different mood in the podcasting chat room <laughs> yeah. doing this one than it has been for most of at least the second half of season 11. Yeah, you're going to like, we actually go, oh, we like this episode, blah, 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 blah. So if you want to, li- if you want to watch the episode first, okay, if you want to watch the episode first, the one we're going to recap is season three, episode nine, titled Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Style. That's what we're going to do right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 3, Episode 9, titled Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Style. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one patriotic co-host. From uh-huh. the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Only in America now, a woman like me have a freaking chorizo! <laughs> to Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. How are you? Hey, Joe, how are you? Wow, it's 2011. Who would have ever known? I know, know right? <laughs> Obama is, awesome. is president. What could ever go wrong? <laughs> I've never been more relaxed. I have no anxiety about the world and what's happening around me. Yeah, everything's, everyone's at peace. Everyone loves each other. Oh, but that Donald Trump, man, he's bugging Obama for them, uh, the, his birth certificate. I know, I know. But you know what? My boyfriend, Babalu, and I were getting along just fine and everything should mm-hmm. be great. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my, and I'm playing with my dog that's still yeah. alive. <laughs> oh, I have this really cool student named uh, Cameron. Oh, he's a really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how are you? I'm like shaking, by the way. I'm like, I know. so this, nervous. This is, this is very cool that we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Very good. Um, there was something I wanted to tell you when we were doing this. Um, I got to calm down. I don't know why I'm so nervous about this. All right. Let's just do this. Here we go. This week, the Heathers and Boogers are tied with three per team left in the competition. In the mini challenge, the girls bedazzle some bras. For the main challenge, the girls need to create their own patriotic PSAs to send to troops deployed around the world. On the runway, the girls don their best patriotic couture for special guest judges Cheryl Teagues and Johnny Weir. After making RuPaul laugh, Alex Mateo is named the winner of the challenge, while Carmen Carrera and Yara Sofia 
are forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. After the lip-sync, the girls managed to make drag race herstory by being the first queens to ever receive a double chante. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Oh, oh, is it my turn? Yeah. I'm sorry. I was too busy listening to Firework by Katy Perry and Rolling in the Deep by Adele. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This song is a great, the song they used was a great party rock anthem by LMAFA. <laughs> is that what came out in 2011? Those songs were all from 2011. I mean, I mean, the current year we're in, are those the songs that The are... current songs were Adele, Rolling in the Deep. The current uh-huh. songs are Adele, Rolling in the Deep, Katy Perry's Fireworks, mm-hmm. Bruno Mars, Just the Way You Are. Mm-hmm. You By know? the way, uh, some people are in the in the in uh, the Pride Forty Eight chat room are wondering where Daniel is. Daniel is at BlizzCon. Yeah, and yeah. so he can't be here this week, but he'll be here next week. All right, uh, with Donna, with Donna Sugars. Yes, Daniel and Donna Sugars <laughs> and Larry Flick are all at BlizzCon, and they're having a gay old time. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I know Donna and and I knew Donna and Daniel played World of Wonder, but I didn't know Larry Flick played World. I mean, not World of Wonder. <laughs> World of Warcraft, but I didn't know Larry Flick did, too. Yeah. Okay. So two things I liked about the episode and one thing I did not. Uh, two thi- This was a lot of fun to watch this episode and to really kind of uh, just see what used to be versus what is. Mm-hmm. Not only how far they've come, how far the show has come mm-hmm. production-wise, but how far back they've gone as far as mm-hmm. stuff that we'll, we'll get to. Some, some of the not great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that I loved was I loved how much fun Rue seemed to be having this episode. Was Rue amazing. was a yes. completely different person mm-hmm. with this episode than she was from what we were just talking about a couple minutes mm-hmm. ago. Um, another thing I loved was Alexis Mateo, Freaking chorizo. Mm-hmm. I've tried to find me genitals. I, everything about that, that is an iconic moment in the mm-hmm. episode. And I was so glad I got to see it. One thing I did not like mm-hmm. was I did not care for this Cheryl Teagues. Oh, really? I've never been a Cheryl Teagues fan in the world of early 80s supermodels that had their own line at Sears or mm-hmm. Kmart and stuff. I was always much more of a Christy Brinkley. Cheryl Teagues to me always felt like the poor man's Christy Brinkley. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't like her attitude on the judges panel. Huh. Interesting. Um, all right. Well, you know, here's what I like. I, I like you. I thought you could tell RuPaul was having so much fun during this episode. It was such a joy to see. Uh, yes. My guess is Ru- RuPaul must just love doing this show and will forever. I know, right? Yeah. I can't uh, wait to see what she does like around seasons 13 and 14. Yeah. Oh, she'll still be having just as much fun. Uh and uh, also, um, it's so funny. They should always keep it at an hour. I thought that the show, for the, with a few exceptions, which I'll talk about in a bit, the show seemed very well-paced. There were yes. some moments, I will say, and unfortunately, I would suggest that they should go to 90 minutes. The problem is I don't think the show needs 90 minutes. I feel it needs like an hour 15 or an hour 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like. What I would do if I were them is maybe have the show go a little long and then feel the rest of the time with Untucked because Untucked doesn't always seem like it needs 30 minutes. I feel you could do a whole show and Untucked in 90. Yeah. I think the show needs a little more than an hour and Untucked doesn't quite need 30 minutes. 
And I yes. think you could compact it to an hour and a half, and I think it would be fantastic. Um, my one thing I didn't like was, as we know, as I, as I said at the top of the show, uh, that uh, the, this is the first time in history that there's a double Shantae, you know, in the history of the show. The first time there's a double Shantae. I did not think that this lip sync was that good. I would agree with that. I, in fact, if you would have told me it was a double sachet, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought, oh, Carmen's for sure gone when she went down the stairs and started like kissing Johnny Weir and like playing with the judges. And then Yada for doing a song that was in Spanish did not seem it was that. I don't know. It just seemed very tepid. The whole thing seemed very yeah. tepid. Like people going through the well, motions. But I think that also shows how much the girls now feel like much like we saw with we are talking about future seasons as, as reference. Yeah, we right? look, okay, everyone, okay. we're done talking like we're printing in 2011. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh, are, are we? I'm sorry. Wait a second. I have to DVR American Idol and The Voice and Modern Family right now. So if you give me just a second, I have to take those off my DVR. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I can't tell if you're in 2019 or 2011. <laughs> so, um. I, I but I think much like we're seeing with Sasha at the at the finale, they're, they're having to constantly up their game. You're seeing more and more. You know, you didn't really see. You know, you, you only saw you know um, death drops every once in a while, and now that's become where you kind of almost wait for the death drops. Mm-hmm. I feel like back then when they were doing season three, it was very much of the, the nobody thought this was an option. Mm-hmm. So I think now that they work harder to get to that either possible double sh- double mm-hmm. Shantae or to work even harder to kind of press them and impress people. Plus, you've also got that this was the episode immediately preceding the Manila Luzon ladies. This is how you this is how you lip sync. Mm-hmm. So that one is never as good as like an amazing lip sync like Manila's was the mm-hmm. week before. Um. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh. It just it was it's I also think look the looks and the lip syncs have just come a long way. Uh in in I'll tell you the one thing that hasn't changed. Did you see this Jason J. Carter? He looks exactly the same that he yeah. did in season three. Yeah, considering that we just saw Sean Morales and then he, we saw him in this episode, which I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, I remember kind of why people thought he was cute. Like he was definitely he wasn't as quite as a uh, daddy trade as he is mm-hmm. now. So before everybody knew that he smelled <laughs> yeah exactly all right let's move on after delta's elimination the heathers which is made up of raja carmen and manila are sad to say goodbye to their fellow heather as manila sadly wipes away delta's lipstick mirror message meanwhile the boogers which is made up of uh shangela alexis and yara discuss how they feel left out by the other girls uh taylor any thoughts on the top of the show here my first thought um was the difference in the beginning didn't feel quite so manufactured as it does now of where they all walk over to the couch and they, they kind of talk about, you know, they kind of talk out stuff. There was a little bit of that, but it didn't feel quite so forced as it mm-hmm. does. Another thing that I noticed was this was the top six of season three. This was an amazing top six mm-hmm. for that season. Whereas I'm thinking at this point, if you ask me to name the top six of, well, shit, if you name me ask the top six of this season, let alone, but like even oh, like season can? 10, I season 10, I don't think I could tell you the top six of season 10. What about top six of season 11? 
uh, well, okay. Now, now that I had to think about it for a second, whereas this one, I was like, oh my god, I didn't. Top I, six of season ten. Let me think here. So we know we have Aquaria, Eureka, Cameron, and Asia. Asia. I believe it was. I think they all went down in a row, wasn't it? Like then Monet and Monique. Was that was they was that top six Monet Monique? That sounds right. I feel. See, like- I don't know. Whereas this, this is one where I mean, when you look at it, okay, but also with. And maybe, and maybe it's nostalgia brain in my head. When you look back at the, mm-hmm. that six, that six from season three, you get why every one of them is there. Mm-hmm. There isn't one that necessarily stands out as what are they still doing there? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where th- they are names that people that still resonate with people. Do you really think Cameron Michaels, people are going to resonate with her six seasons from now? Yeah. No, people don't res- resonate with her one season from now. Right. So I, I, I just feel like the, watching this was – and it's also important to note it was six queens that were all queens of color, mm-hmm. which I don't know that we've seen that since. Oh, yeah. In fact, I was going back. The last white queen – it was actually a while because the, the last white queen to leave was India Farah, which was multiple episodes before. Because before okay. that, it was Delta, who's Mexican. Right. And then I believe it was Stacey Lane Matthews, who's black. Uh, yeah. I remember I had to go all the way back to India Farah to her elimination to, to, to the last white person in the show. Now, I want to address, I don't usually address the chat room here, mm-hmm. but there does seem to be some confusion about what's going on, Taylor. Yes. Right? So yes. let me explain it. I was talking to Taylor, and we we're talking about how there was nothing to talk about with this reunion today. And I said, why don't we actually do for fun an old episode that we've never covered? Right, yeah. and we settled on season three, and then Taylor had the idea, why don't why don't we do this episode because it's Memorial Day this weekend in twenty nineteen. We're doing this Memorial Day weekend twenty nineteen, and uh, and it would be since it's a patriotic theme, it would sort of fit in with the patriotic theme. So we're actually like, well, let's actually re- let's actually recap an episode that reminds us of why we are fans of RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's all yes. it is, guys. Is like we realized we didn't have enough content for a full show. With uh, the reunion, so we said, "Well, well, let's have fun and uh, do an old episode." All right, yeah, we get that we're a couple of the the old guys sitting at the end of the bar talking about the good old days, but we we both and I think I'm speaking for both of us thoroughly enjoyed watching this episode. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Well, I think we I, there's questions about whether we're going to go back to the reunion. No, I have nothing else to say about the reunion. Do you? No, I don't either. I I want to I want to focus on 2011 and yeah and uh, and uh, and the the great queens of season three. All right, very good. Moving on. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's mini challenge. The girls were be, will be deze- blah, blah, blah. will bedazzle blah. some plain bras, and RuPaul will determine the winner. Shangela, I like how they really thought. That Larry Flick, Donna Sugars, and uh, <laughs> Daniel Brewer were all in California for BlizzCon and not here for the show. But I didn't even know Larry Flick until like a year or two ago. It's also important to know that you all started doing started start doing the show until season seven. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't come on full time until season eight, right? Anyway, 
The girls will bedazzle some plain bras and RuPaul will determine the winner. Shangela decides to base her bra on RuPaul, but it makes no sense. Otherwise, every other bra was well done, but the winner was Manila Luzon for her torpedo-inspired bra. Her win brought her extra time during the main challenge. For the main challenge, the girls need to make a public service announcement about why they love the USA. The video will be sent to troops around the globe. In the workroom, Raja struggles with what to say while Carmen discusses the other, oh, disgusts the other Heathers by farting at the table. Meanwhile, Alexis is having a hard time because she has too much to say. The challenge is very personal to her, and she's trying to find the right words to say. Later, Yara runs her idea by both Alexis and Shangela, but they're at a loss as to how to help Yara because her concept is so weird. Over at the Heathers table, Carmen asks the other girls about being American. Raja talks about growing up in Indonesia, and Manila talks about her mother's influence on her. Taylor, your thoughts on all this nonsense that happened? Jesus! That's like half the episode! (laughs) Well, yeah, because, I mean, there really wasn't to say about the mini challenge or announcing the Maxi challenge. So let's just tack it into the workroom. Okay. All right. Well, I I took notes. All right. That's why, because I I wanted to make sure. So the first thing that stuck, well, I told you the first thing that I was six queens of color Mm -hmm. and that it didn't seem quite as forced as it is now. But the, when the TV is on and Rue comes on and kind of does her whole thing of, you know, USA is a okay or whatever it is that she says. Mm Mm-hmm. She looked, she looked like she took a Xanax about a half an hour before. She was super relaxed. We, she was almost slouching mm-hmm. in the chair. Um, you could see the director's chair behind her at one point. Mm-hmm. Like it was completely different from where they've got her sitting straight up. Yeah, and where it's it just it was fun to see that because again, that's an example of how how far they've come yet how far go- they've gone back at the same time. Yeah. Um. The the whole thing with Shangela's RuPaul's head where it just kind of looked like corn kernels yeah, what was that? Otherwise, it, it made no sense at all um i feel like the manila like the you know anything with a wonder woman reference you know i'm all about that mm-hmm. so when she was doing the wonder woman you know where she was pretending to like shoot bullets off from manila's bra off mm-hmm. and then she made some statement mm-hmm. she made a statement of you'll have to be faster than that i feel like that is a reference from the pilot of wonder woman for oh, some reason really I, th- I think it is where she kind of like, like she often pulls lines from mommy dearest, or I feel it is from an episode of the Linda Carter, Linda Carter series. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but uh, yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was great. Um, what else? Okay. What's the next thing? <laughs> well, they announced the maxi challenge. They had to talk about right. what they love about the USA. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Going back to the mini challenge for a second. Mm-hmm. The mini challenge was Five minutes? Oh, at, maybe. at most. At most. It was very short. Where it wasn't these big, long, drawn out. It was where she literally had them parade up one at a time, and she looked at them, and then she po- picked a winner. It's, I would kill for a mini challenge like that now. It's so funny because taking notes, my notes were just as long as they are for a regular hour and a half episode now. Mm-hmm. But like the same amount of content, but it's just so much more concise and so much shorter. You know, uh, again, sometimes it felt a little rushed. You know, but yeah. uh, but like not by half hours worth. I mean, like the I felt the mini challenge was about, about the right length. Go and do uh-huh. this. Come back. Let me judge the end. Uh, the mini challenge was exactly the length you wanted it to be, and it felt good. It felt right. This was not one of the moments that I felt I thought felt rushed. And I also thought that, with the exception of Shangela, they all looked really good. Yeah, they all did a really good job of them. 
Um, they did actually, I, I actually put that in the notes. Um, it was hard. I mean, I could see why, like, why she picked Manila. It wasn't crazy, but you could have picked any of the other ones except for Shangela and it would have been a decent pick. They all look like Raja's looked really good. They mm-hmm. all look really, I was actually very impressed with how, how well all of them did with such a little time and so little, so few materials. I thought it was a really good job. Yeah. What did you think about it, what happened in the workroom with Raja? struggling with what to say and carmen farts at the table and uh you know alexis gets into her you know she at this point we don't know what it is but she's she's at a loss not a loss she's actually struggling to how to fit everything in and then uh, also this weird discussion about being american well uh, the 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 section about um carmen farting at the table i'm not a big fart humor fan mm-hmm. Neither am I. that's just kind of the, that that's one of those things that like you know on the rare occasion that i've been around people that have like farted in front of me and stuff. There's usually not a lot of humor attached to that. Usually I'd get really offended by it. Um, so that just was kind of a gross moment, but I'm not never been a big Carmen Carrera fan anyway. So that didn't necessarily endear me to her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, mo- one moment that I really talked about as far as a, an interesting one was uh, Yara versus Shangela and Alexis. I kind of wrote it that where she was looking for help and both of the oh, girls yeah. were like, I can't help you right now. I thought that the way that Shangela handled it with where she just kind of said, girl, I need to write right now. I can't help you mm-hmm. was done in a way that we don't see anymore where that could have easily been manipulated and edited for shade. Mm-hmm. And while it appears that Yara's, um, Yara's feelings were a little hurt and she was saying, look, I've helped her in the past. The fact that they didn't necessarily focus on that. They just kind of said, you know, look, I, I, I've helped them in the past, but it wasn't, it wasn't made to look like where suddenly Shangela was turning on her. Shangela was just very, and it wasn't this big dramatic. It was just a girl. I need, I need to work. I'm setting a boundary with you. Mm -hmm. So I thought, I thought that was really good. Um, I also, wrote about the uh, the hard edits when rue was walking around and yeah. asking what does it mean for you i well, mean we're gonna they get were... The ta- we're gonna get the table visits oh ahead. we haven't gotten that far yet no. okay uh, well you said so much in one section I'm, I'm not sure where i'm going to um it, it was yeah okay <laughs> well you touched on the table but let's go there rue paul entered the workroom to visit each of the girls and ask what they love about america raja loves the usa because she can freely do drag manila loves the different kinds of foods carmen loves that she's free and that she has cousins in the military yara's dad is in the army reserves but she doesn't want to talk about it shangela's mom was in desert storm in bosnia and shangela wants to make the troops smile and alexis mateo loves freedom and dated someone who was sent overseas and hasn't spoken to him since now we're gonna do something weird here because it was a really, 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 really short elimination day. Mm-hmm. So I want to do elimination day on this segment right here, and then we'll get to everything else. On elimination day, Carmen and Alexis talk about Carmen's Puerto Ricanness, and Yara shares a little bit more about her military dad. Taylor, any thoughts here about elimination day, about everything that went on during the table visits? Any big thoughts here? Okay, so we are saving the actual performances for later? Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. I thought the Alexis and the soldier, her talking with Rue, Mm -hmm. this is, I think, the moment that a lot of people fell in love with Alexis. Mm -hmm. Because it's rare that you see somebody, back then, it was rare that you saw somebody that seemed so open Mm -hmm. and willing to share something so secretive. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, to the best of our knowledge, it wasn't done for a story. It was it wasn't done for a, you know, it wasn't it wasn't done to gain sympathy points. 
I I loved how that moment, I think that, you know, while I always kind of liked Alexis, mm-hmm. I really remember really liking Alexis after that point mm-hmm. on in that regards. Um, the, it is weird that they kind of do elimination day and everything is so. Yeah. It's, it it's not like, like it a like, big deal. It, it, it felt like it was all almost like one day. It, it was yeah. it was weird. The, I get the, the sense. They, they, I get the sense it was filmed in like one or really two quick days. I got yeah. that sense because they did everything really. RuPaul's in the same outfit for all the major parts. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I noticed was that when Ru was going around and talking to all of the girls before their presentations, there wasn't the usual of where they'd say something and maybe if it didn't go along, where she would just stare and then there would be the shade button. Mm-hmm. There was the, not one of them. They had that moment. So again, that was kind of, that was definitely very nice to see. The one thing that really stood out for me um, during the uh, preparing for the runway was a co- the comments that was talking about Carmen and the um, Carmen, not really necessarily embracing her Spanish heritage mm-hmm. her Puerto Rican heritage. Yeah. And at one point, uh, Alexis says to Carmen, when you're not putting on an act and being yourself, it's difficult to be yourself in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I thought, given what we eventually learned about Carmen, that seems like a very, that seemed very foreshadowing as far as Carmen living as a trans woman and, and her transition and everything. I thought that was something that there was no way they could have known that that you know, none of the girls there probably knew that, but that that was one of those that we, you know, in hindsight, we know that now. And that was just a very interesting, like I went back and made sure that I wrote down that, wrote down that, that statement, because I thought that was, that was a very interesting tell Mm -hmm. for what we now know about Carmen. That was weird. You know, now knowing that, you know, Carmen has a very weird cuckoo relationship with the show and thinks that the show's always thinking about her. It was weird seeing it in better times when she got along with the show and like RuPaul being nice to her. It was sort of weird knowing like, oh, there's going to be an adversarial relationship pretty soon. Well, it's kind of like when you watch the episode, when you watch the reunion of season four and Willem and RuPaul are sitting together. Yeah. And talking and you're just like, they hate each other now. That's so I know that's so interesting. Um, you know, as for me, like, you know, there wasn't really as good as the episode was and it was so and and it was entertaining. Um, there really wasn't much content to really recap or talk about or analyze or discuss. I mean, I will say this, it is a much lighter episode, especially for a, a top 6 and you are we're used to getting, but again, because it's only an hour episode, you never feel like your your time is being wasted. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just fluff, but they move past it really quickly so you don't even notice it, you know? It's essentially just junk food. It's more of a traditional 2011 Logo reality show. It feels like... It doesn't feel like VH1. It feels like the way it was in Logo. And it's very fast-paced. And so, like, yeah, there's really not much to discuss in this segment. And the table visits feel very choppy and weird. And maybe I would give a... I'd let it breathe a little bit more. But it doesn't have that sense of we're trying to choke the girls to get that content out of them. It's just like a check-in. How you doing? What are you doing? That sounds good. Okay, great. Like, I have, you, I have a question for yeah. you. Regarding that, regarding this section, yeah. Um, so, do you think at this point, or can you think of a girl that maybe I'm forgetting about? Do you think at this point they would cast a queen that has such difficulty with English with an accent as much as Yara Sophia did at this stage in the game? I don't know. 
That's a good question. Because she was very, I mean, at one point they had to put subtitles under yeah. her for a couple, for a couple of sentences. And, you know, I mean, I loved Yara. I thought Yara was great, but I just am curious. Like I was trying to think while I was watching this, if there's been anybody else that has had that much of a challenge with an accent, Spanish or otherwise, Kenya Michaels, maybe. Yeah, but she's season four. Here's my question, actually. Since Valentina, has there been? I mean, I know Cynthia Lee Fontaine, but they brought her back for season ten. But this season, there wasn't like your traditional accented Puerto Rican queen, was there? I guess Mercedes played that role. Mercedes, yeah, I guess. Okay, see, that's what I'm talking about this season. I've already forgot Mercedes was there. Yeah, but you're right. It seems like well, we've always done every season. There's always like one Puerto Rican girl straight up from Puerto Rico. Uh, well, do you think Vanjie kind of filled that? Not because she's from Puerto Rico. She's actually from here. Mm-hmm. Is she Puerto? Re- she Puerto, she's Puerto Rican. Rican. No, she's Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, so. and she's from Florida, right? Yeah, she's from she's from Tampa. So Alexis Mateo is from St. Pete. Tam- Alexis Mateo used to perform at the Hamburger Marys in Tampa. That was her home uh, bar. A horrible restaurant. Okay. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on. Oh, anyway, the point I was making is, like, imagine now if Yara was like, oh, yeah, my dad's in the Army Reserve. I don't want to talk about it. They would have found a way to, like, dig into it. Oh, my God. The Yara. Like, all right, just want to talk about it. They would, have, they, would have, they would have shipped him back to Afghanistan to film a video for him for Untucked to make, yes. to make, Yara, yeah. to make Yara cry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right, the PSA. It's time to film the public service annou- announcements in front of RuPaul and Michelle Visage. Ready or not, the girls have 10 minutes each to film their brief messages. Uh, Shangela sings. Carmen poses. Yara struggles with her ro- words, just like I did there. Manila mm-hmm. talks about her love for food. Raja poses. And Alexis Mateo delivers one of the most iconic performances in Drag Race history. Now, Taylor, I have Alexis's speech queued up. But let's before we get to Alexis's, do you have anything to say about the other ones? Oh, and by the way, just assume we're also talking about their final product as well. Like, I'm not going okay. to discuss that later. Let's just talk about the final product, the recording, everything like that. Let's just do that right now. Okay. Question first yes. that involves with this. Yeah. When was the last time that you can remember that Rue actually sat in on the Maxi Challenge? We know she did it in season seven for Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Was That's the there? last one Wait, I can remember. Empire? Was she there for Ruko's Empire? I don't think so. I think that was Michelle and Ross or Michelle and Carson. Yeah. It's either Shakespeare or I'm thinking maybe Ruko's Empire. I'm not. I'm not sure. Well, but but that kind of goes to the energy level where with this one, particularly with Alexis, mm-hmm. she's hysterical at certain parts yeah. of this. Mm-hmm. Watching watching the joy coming off of Alexis, mm-hmm. and when you compare that to Shakespeare in season seven, and just how miserable she was by the end of that experience, mm-hmm. it's like you're you're just it's diminishing returns every every season as mm-hmm. far as and, and participation in this because rue is in this episode a lot yeah between walking around and the maxi challenge and she seems to be joking more with the girls mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem so forced and I, I just was noticing when she was sitting there we were watching this i was just remember thinking like when was the last time that we saw her actually sitting in a director's chair watching them and there was no shade for even the ones that weren't doing really good, she was giving constructive criticism. It wasn't just that of where they play the shade rather than her go, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. 
she was like rooting for them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. she was rooting for them. It, yeah. it it felt very different. Um, I did have thoughts on all of the I, – I wrote one or two lines mm-hmm. about each of the performances. Do you want me to go over those real quick? Yeah, everything but Alexis. We're going to analyze Alexis. on. Well, I can tell you what I said for Alexis. You already – all I wrote was iconic. Yeah. So um, I thought, oh, oh, oh. And also, this Michelle Visage. Yeah. Sitting there in some weird beach cover up with her mm-hmm. enormous tits hanging yeah. out. She looks sloppy. Okay, that's all I say. She's known. For, it's her first season, and yes. it's, it's widely known she looks horrible the entire season. Well, and she's also this is before she started with weight loss and stuff, yeah, so yeah, she yeah. just looks puffy, mm-hmm. and it's and she just looks thick. Yeah. Um. So I thought Shangela was just okay, but seemed but seemed also to take notes when they were giving her constructive criticism. She seemed to be listening. Mm-hmm. Um. Carmen just looked deflated and Carmen looked like she didn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, Yara was crazy. Um, I didn't like Manila's at all. And you know, I'm a huge Manila fan, but I, I didn't like that. And Raja was just flat while she was talking. Anytime they showed Raja posing, Mm -hmm. I thought she looked beautiful, but as soon as they, she had to say anything, it was almost like she like was learning to read for the first time. It was just, it was not good. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I was actually not very impressed with really any of them, maybe because they didn't show us enough, but, and then even the final PSAs, like, I was like, did they really deliver on the challenge? Like, even Shangela's was okay. Shangela's was decent, right? Mm -hmm. But Carmen always had that shit look on her face every single time. Like, ugh, why am I even here? Yeah. You know? And always, even on the runway, during the lip sync, during this challenge, during any challenge, during any episode, uh, Yara just was had having problems with the language. Um, Manila didn't make sense. And I was actually thinking, like, if because there's a part where Manila was humping the Statue of Liberty or implied that she had sex with the Statue of Liberty. I yeah. was like, I feel they would have called her on that now. I feel they kind of did, but they didn't address it directly. Yeah. Because uh, Johnny it, it kind seems of went after kind it. of offensive. Yeah. And then uh, Rogers was boring. And then we'll talk about Alexis Mateos in a little bit. You know what I want to talk about right now, too, before we get too carried away? I'm surprised. We probably should have talked about this at the top of the show. I know you have a hatred for bullies. What was your whole thoughts on this Heathers versus Boogers during the whole episode? <clears throat> I am glad. Yeah, I, uh, I th- th- I'm so glad you asked me this question. Um, uh, no, that's a season one quote. Uh, I remember not liking that in the i remember not liking that in this season mm-hmm. but it did not seem as forced as say season five mm-hmm. with rolaska talks versus jinx it it felt like it was more evenly it was almost more like the the uh sharks versus the jets mm-hmm. versus um where it just felt like everybody was picking on one girl mm-hmm. and i also thought that maybe particularly because we watched this episode where it felt like the heathers were kind of the ones that were not looked at as well as the boogers were Mm -hmm. that because I just had this small slice of it, Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me. I wasn't triggered as much as I have been going back and watching some of the clips that they occasionally show for season five, Mm -hmm. particularly of Roxy versus Jinx. I act, it actually Mm -hmm. makes me anxious when I watch it. It actually just because I remember being so mad at Roxy Mm -hmm. for how she was treating Jinx. But I think it's, I don't know. I, I, it's stupid. The whole Heather's thing where they all call each other Heather and they all, they're all just the gross, you know, quote unquote, cool kids. Yeah. It was really dumb. Meanwhile, this fat pig Delta work. I don't know why she wasn't a book. You know, they would have had her be a booger too. They didn't know her. All right. Yeah, mocking people for things is just horrible, but that yeah. fat pig Delta work, man. Yeah. She's, 
Uh, all right, let's play Alexis Mateo's speech really quickly, and we'll take a listen to this iconic speech that has so many sound drops in it. Here we go. Action! It's time for a party. It's a USA American celebration. I met the love of my life. Now he served in the U.S. military court. Bobby, I want you to come back home, baby. Oh, yeah. That's right. Just pick yeah, it up. Yeah, keep it going. It and even if I was born on the moon... I was born on the moon. I will still be in America. <laughs> Sick me no. What? <laughs> Sick me no. <laughs> this is so corny. I love it. <laughs> Bam. 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 <laughs> Get it, baby. RuPaul, by the way, is getting her life dirty. Yes. I think this is only one of the few times where I've seen RuPaul genuinely, really, really, really laugh. Yeah. Like she's, we're going to get to the Chorizo part. Like, RuPaul loses it. Yeah. Only an American a woman like me have a freaking chorizo. <laughs> yes, baby. Bam. <laughs> oh. Yeah, catch your breath. You got a cramp, girl? I'm trying to feel where's my genitals right now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think right there there was nothing Alexa couldn't do that she was gonna she was not gonna win. You know. Yeah. No, at that point it was it was a guarantee. It was yeah. a guarantee. I mean, she made RuPaul laugh so so hard. Iconic, iconic moment for the show, and I'm glad we've documented it for the show the one thing i mm-hmm. never because i've watched that clip a million times it's been on like you know top 10 moments of, yeah. of, of all sorts of everything i never understand why they use the exact same clip for going sickening no like back to back i don't know either it's it's a weird edit it's a weird reason that they would they would do that i don't, I don't know but i don't know maybe they want to make sure you heard it again because you probably may have glossed over it so they wanted to play it anyway taylor it's time for the looks all right. Now, Taylor, you know that the looks are right there in the document, right? You have to scroll down, but they have the looks. Oh. Yeah. So while you're doing that, yeah. So look, I, I even pulled. I, I just noticed that. I'm like, what? The runway music from this season. So Evan Ayers will be very impressed uh, that we're doing that. This is the actual runway music that they use. We didn't actually do that this season, but, you know, it's a special episode. All right, do you have those looks pulled up, Taylor? I am going to, in just a second, I am pulling them down. I'm pulling them down as well as the looks. Yeah. Everyone should know that the the, uh, category is patriotic drag. The category is patriotic drag. All right. And I can tell you that the first look that came out, I believe, was... um, was uh oh my god manila luzon mm-hmm. who came out in a flapper outfit with a page boy mm-hmm. and her flapper outfit was actually made of hundred dollar bills she had a fascinator in her hair that was made of credit cards she looked amazing i loved this look um i particularly look because noticing the watching these episodes now that were filmed in standard definition mm-hmm. watching them on an hd screen there was a lot of shake and go wigs, and a mm-hmm. lot of the queens had a hard time with their, their um, hairline. Oh yeah, their makeup and hairline. So the fact that Manila's look here had bangs mm-hmm. was helped her a lot with this look. So I gave this look an eight, but I think I'm going to change it to a nine. Looking at pictures of it again, yeah, I think it looks fantastic, and I think I'm going to give it a nine as well. Okay. Um, the next look that came out was Carmen Carrera. Mm-hmm. Carmen Carrera came out in a long gown that was white with red and blue stars on it. And she had a red, white, and blue tool wrapped around her. 
Uh, she had her hair done in uh, victory rolls and her she had great makeup. I would say her from the neck up, Carmen was beautiful. I loved, loved, loved her hair. The outfit, very tacky. I thought the fabric looked very Joanne fabrics mm-hmm. this time of year when you go to like get the 4th of July stuff to make pillows and that kind of thing. Um, and I wasn't a big fan of the tool. I love red, white, and blue as a color aesthetic. Like, decorations for 4th of July some of my favorite decorations for the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that coming up. But this look was not strong. So I gave this look a 7. Uh, interesting. I thought you would have given it a lower number. I'll give it a 7 as well. I think I agree with you. Um, but it seemed like I didn't think we were going to go that high with the criticisms you had. All right. Only because I loved her hair. I, lo- I loved the look of her hair. Her hair and her makeup, I thought, were flawless. All right. Okay. So next up is Alexis. Okay. And Alexis is wearing a, um, a a officer's uniform from the neck up that she has bejeweled mm-hmm. and uh, done all sorts of great things to and has a long, uh, long blue skirt. Mm-hmm. She has her hair up through a officer's cap. Um, I get what she was trying to do. I get the aesthetic. It was a little too much. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of think I thought I remembered it being illegal to wear a jacket like that in public if you're not an actual officer. Mm-hmm. So there's part of me that thought that it could have potentially bordered on disrespectful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, I, think, I think you're not allowed to wear that. Yeah, I think you, the guy could get in trouble. Yeah, um, like... I didn't like the look very much, to be honest with you. Well, it was, thought, too, it was too busy. There was too much going on. The top and bottom are like different dresses. You're right. There's too much going on. I'm not a fan. I th- What did you give it? What number? Uh, I didn't say. I originally said a six, but I'm actually thinking I'm going to give it a five. I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with a five. Okay. Yeah. So uh, next up is Yara. Mm-hmm. And Yara originally came out in a traditional um, Puerto Rican uh, dress that I guess is worn during their Independence Day. I thought it was something like that. It was there was some sort dress. of weird thing. That I didn't understand what she was saying. Yeah. Yes. And then she took that off to reveal a bodysuit that was the Puerto Rican flag. Um, it was okay, but they were both looks were kind of basic. Mm-hmm. So, which, but I loved the idea behind the traditional garment and the way she was playing with it and that sort of stuff. So, in that regards, I give that look a seven, but I gave the suit underneath a five, which I also get as ironic because I loved Nina West's outfit for the Ohio flag earlier this season on season eleven. But this look for me was just sort of like, eh, it was okay. So I guess if you combine them and divide, then it's, it's a six. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking giving them both six. Okay. I'm giving them both six. I do like her wig, though. I'll say that. Yes, I thought I thought her wig looked good. It wasn't, a, but th- that's what I'm talking about. That these wigs this season or this episode are not. A lot of them look like they barely brush them. Yeah, but you have to remember this season is the turning point for the show. Maybe we'll discuss that at the end of what this what this season means. But mm-hmm. this season was the turning point for the show. Before this, the the outfits and everything were like a joke. You know, uh, this is the first thing that actually treated the fashion part seriously. Uh, well, but I think we see that with who ends up being in the top three. Yeah. Like, that's where you see the elevation, and that's where you see the queens for season four and beyond go, oh, I have to step my pussy up yeah. because this isn't going to work. Okay. So next up is Shangela, and Shangela comes out, I think, originally like kind of draped in a flag or draped in a red, white, and blue mm-hmm. fabric, and she reveals a mini skirt 
that is white and has a uh, red satin as a belt. Mm-hmm. She has clearly has on a shake and go wig and she's rough looking for as she much is. as we eventually love Shangela coming back for all stars too. And just how we've seen her progress this. She, she looks like a man. Oh, correction. All stars three, but yes, all stars three. I'm sorry. Um, she, she's, it's not good. I originally wrote a four, but I was being generous. So I'm going to give this a three. I think I'll still give it a four, um, but I think they all, when I was looking at them, like, they all kind of look like men. When they were showing the the um, the previously ons, and they were showing them from the repeat, I'm like, whoa, they all looked really rough. And yeah. previously on, I was like, that is wow. The the I will say the looks have been elevated, even on the worst queens on the show. The looks have been elevated to the nth degree. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with a four for Shangela here. Okay. Well, speaking of elevated looks, we have Raja, mm-hmm. who comes out um, in an outfit inspired by Native American mm-hmm. uh, wear. It's very couture. It's also a combination of modern, which she has leather high boots, and she's wearing um, a pair of jeans that she's deconstructed with a piece of fabric behind to kind of provide mm-hmm. a the back of a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, tens, tens, tens across the board. I loved this look. This kind of speaks to why Raja eventually, spoiler alert, mm-hmm. um, wins this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get now she could never wear something like this due yeah. to the threats of cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. I get that. But this look is, I think she looks flawless here. Mm-hmm. She looks amazing. And I absolutely, I, I totally forgot about this look until she came out and was wowed by it. I so think ten, the, she gets a 10 for me. I think at the beginning of All Stars 4, for whatever reason, cultural appropriation came up. And, um, uh, I think this very look came up in the complaints about cultural appropriation. I think it was brought up. So. Well, I don't care. I think yeah. she looks great. Well, look, she still look good. All right. And that is the looks. All right. On the main stage, the judges critique the looks and watch the girls finish their go. The girls finished PSAs after the deliberations. Alexis Mateo was named the winner of the challenge while Carmen Carrera and Yara were pitted against each other in a lip sync battle for their lives. The song the Spanish version of Mickey by Tony Basil. At the end, RuPaul announced that for the first time in Drag Race history, both girls were told, Shantae, you stay. Tale of the Latte Boy, any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, the reason we chose this episode, your thoughts on it in the place of Drag Race history. What are your thoughts here? A couple things. One, I loved the fact that every girl, mm-hmm. there was drama as to whether they were safe or they were up for elimination, Rue dragged it out more. Yeah, was, you, you, know, you couldn't tell. Like, usually you can tell just by the order she does things. You couldn't this time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. Even though we knew, mm-hmm. we knew who won. I couldn't remember who was in the bottom. And there was part of me that thought this was the iconic karma versus Raja where they pretty much make out on the, yeah, on the floor, but it so so I I was like, oh my god, did we pick the episode where that happens? But it was still fun to watch that, and I wish she would go back to that. But I think now it's just like you 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 you're safe, go to the back. It's mm-hmm. you know whatever. Um, I also noticed that the whole thing where they were talking about you embracing your Spanish culture, mm-hmm. it makes sense now why they focused on that because yeah. the fact that the song was in Spanish, um. I, I agree with you that I thought both were fair. Both performances were mm-hmm. fair. Um, I, I also agree with you that they would never let her 
come oh. up to the table, oh let alone God. touch and kiss a a judge, which we didn't really talk about Johnny Weir either. Oh, really? I liked him. I kind of, as much as I'm not a big Johnny Weir fan, mm-hmm. I kind of would like to see him be a, every once in a while, be like the, the standard, like, fourth seat. Like, if they can't get Ross and they can't get Carson at least one episode. Yeah. A, a, one episode a season, they bring in Johnny Weir. Yeah. Everyone I should know like if you haven't seen the episode. That, Go ahead. I kind of feel like they did that with Santino for the first couple of seasons that he was gone where he came back for one episode. Yeah. And I would like to see Johnny Weir. Do well, that. that horrible Billy B used to do it in the beginning. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone should know that. Uh, yeah. Because if you didn't watch the episode, Johnny, uh, Johnny Weir was a guest uh, judge. And he had a really good time putting like a funny spin on reading the girls to their faces too, and being pretty accurate and being honest and giving praise, but also giving. I think the judges nowadays are afraid to give any sort of criticism, so they love yeah. everything. Yeah, for the and Cheryl, and Cheryl Teagues was boring, but yeah. um, I'm trying to think, I'm looking at my notes really quick. Uh, I, I was exciting having forgotten that this was a double chante chante. When she said double shot, I did actually get excited for a moment, <laughs> even though I know how the rest of the season plays off. I was like, oh, we picked a double shot for the episode to do. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was fun. And uh, it was just a, it was just a great. It was just it was just a great episode. It, it was, was just a, a really it, great, fun episode to watch. It was fun to go back. I mean, I don't know if everybody is going to love that we did this. I will say that it seems to be sort of mixed in the chat room. Uh, about they seem really confused. I thought this was going to be a slam dunk, Taylor. But anyway, the what I will say is, uh, that this is a very I don't know this is necessarily an important episode. It's an iconic episode for the Alexis part and the double chante. But in t- season three is a weird tipping point for the show. No one ever talks about it. No one ever reviews it. No one ever sees it. It's not talked about. But it's sort of the fulcrum that the show is based around. In that uh, this is the season where people went like, oh, wait, this could be a serious show. Seasons one or two were clearly just a reality reality show as a parody of other reality shows. Much like the way Joe Millionaire was. Joe Millionaire was a send-up of The Bachelor. You know? And this, I think this came out around the same time as Joe Millionaire. Or do you remember, actually, I, my, he's my friend now, but the, who created it. But do you remember this, um, remember the show where they made a fake reality show for him to go on? What was that called? Joe Schmo, the Joe Schmo the show? Joe Schmo show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. This came out around the same time as the Joe Schmo show as well. And uh, where they were, reality shows had gotten to the point where we were par- parodying them. And... This was, I think, initially supposed to be just sort of a parody of Project Runaway and and um, America's Next Top Model. And I think it was that for season one, was a little more serious for season two. And then this is the season where they were like, oh, wait, you can do couture. You can do serious drag. You can up your game and step your pussies up. And I think everything that RuPaul's Drag Race is now is based on season three. Because I think what you see is season three goes, okay, we can take this seriously. We can do more. Season four, Sharon Needles explodes the whole thing, exploding our minds of what drag can be. It doesn't have to be fishy. Which, if you yeah. think about it, Raja does too. But Raja, no, Ra- more- Raja, I think, it, Raja definitely precurses Sharon as far as showing that it's not just when i look think back on season two outfits 
season two outfits as far as runaway looks to me feel very fashion bug mm-hmm. feel very shit you could buy at the mall mm-hmm. you know and think or things that you can modify from the mall whereas i think season four is with the exception with season three we saw with raja and i would say manila too some of her looks are things where you can take drag and it doesn't just have to be like season one is beautiful evening gowns mm-hmm. because a lot of those queens were competition mm-hmm. queens um and season two was a lot more of where like you know an everyday girl type you know yeah, I mean, like, one of the comments is jujube like i look like i work at the mall i know yeah. that's an all-stars reference but that was kind of the aesthetic this was where they were moving beyond that and when you look that when you know they talk about people who have the same silhouettes now on certain seasons if you go back and look at every single one of raja's runway looks mm-hmm. there is not one that, that looks anything like the other one mm-hmm. and they are all amazing yeah no 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 you're right and this is why you this is an important season i think that um you know up until like gosh i would say season seven is when you start getting repeats of former contestants but up until then, every queen was expanding what the show could be. You know, Sharon expanded it. Jinx expanded it. Bianca expanded it. And then, you know, I'm not saying that Violet or Bob or Sasha or uh, Aquaria are all repeats of former queens, but... I, I am. Oh, really? I, oh, I think so. I wouldn't say that any of those queens have expanded the show. Like, oh, now this is more possibilities for more kinds of drag or anything like that. Whereas yeah. the first six queens for sure did, you know? Yeah. And uh, we, and then I think Raja is the turning point where she really, it's almost like the egg and, you know, uh, uh, BB and Tyra are sort of like the egg gestating, but like the, the egg cracked and the show, what, what it is was born and the show realized what it could be after that. Any other final thoughts, Taylor? No, I'm glad I'm glad we did this episode. Yeah, it was fun. I had a really good time. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us this week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself... Sh- what? Well, I can't remember. Sashay away... Until season 12. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Fuck it. I was going to sit make a joke until 2012. God damn it. I screwed it up. Sashay away until next week. <laughs>Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Drag Race Recap. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Drag Race Recap. For bonus content and to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at podismycopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Twitter and Instagram at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batance. That's B-E-T-A-N-C-E. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. 
To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. You can also find other Afterthought Media shows like Hello Uglies at hellouglies.com and Catching Up at catchinguppodcast.com. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media production.